Howway, everyone. Welcome back. Lifetime Booking Podcast. My name is Stephen Hook, and we're talking all about AEW Superstar and one-third of Death Triangle, providing Laredo Kid doesn't make it a death quadrilateral. We're talking about Pac. Um, in the last episode, there are four episodes. We'll go four. Four episodes out already. It's going from his career start in 2004, um, primarily making appearances in Northeast Promotions. His slow transition into mainland Europe and then into the Americas and then into Japan where he is a mainstay with uh, Dragon Gate. Do go check that out. Gives you a bit of context where we are at the moment. Last episode though we covered his final years before signing with the dub and he, where he would be rechristened as Adrian Neville. We'll get to that. Um, in his final years in the last episode he became a Open the Twin Gate champion with Dragon Gate. Opened the United Gate champion with Dragon Gate USA. Opened the Brave Gate champion with Dragon Gate again. And then finally, as he was coming out of the promotion, he captured the Open the Triangle Gate championship um, with World 1 International. Uh, he also appeared in the Best of the Super Juniors in New Japan. He made his final appearances for 1PW before they closed up their doors. He made returns to PWG. Uh, yeah, he did the whole, he, he did everything. He basically just like, I don't know, just like an, an independent check sheet before, like I said, at the time he was one of the uh, most revered high flies and then WWE got their fat, corporate, grubby little hands on him. And yeah, we are in a transition period. So he's technically made his debut for World Wrestling Entertainment. Um, it was, it's been filmed, but it hasn't been broadcast yet. There is a, a lot more, a lot more to come about that, which I'll get to in a bit, but he's a big old WWE boy now. Um, he hasn't quite hit the stride of the usual, like, 467,000 matches a year that WWE likes to do at the moment for 2013. Uh, he's just hitting 81 matches, but of course they will get better because as I, as I quickly realized... Pac was such a huge deal for NXT and WWE, which I knew, I always kind of knew he was for NXT. Um, he was in like the second half of his NXT run when I got back into wrestling in 2013. Um, I think by the time I started what like paying attention, it was the Fatal Four Way, uh, the tag team match, sorry, which I think is covered in this episode. But yeah, he when he got to WWE, that's when it was like, oh, oh, damn, he was they earmarked him for something huge but we all know how it happened but like i said we'll cover everything and more 2013 2014 adrian neville in the wwe uh the note i mentioned it towards the end of the previous episode i'm going to mention it again because it is it sounds complicated but that's because i am shit um we're trying to eloquently uh, put it but the way I'm going to talk about Pac's... Uh, fuck. Or that's going to happen a lot. I'm going to call him Pac and not Adrian Neville. Um, yeah, so Neville's appearances in NXT. This was at a time when NXT wasn't pre-taped. So you would have a couple of episodes filmed in August that weren't going to get the show until like September, October time. For those broadcast appearances, we're going to do them as they are broadcast. So if... Uh, Neville faces Sami Zayn in June, but it doesn't get broadcast until August. We will talk about it in August in case there's any like really diehard fans of 2013, 2014 NXT um, who keep thinking I've got my timeline mixed around. 
live shows, network specials, pay-per-views, they'll all happen as they happen because they get broadcast live. Um, it it sounds like it's going to get messy, but I assure you it will make sense in the whole grand scheme of things. There's no point talking about something that's going to happen in a month's time because when it happens, and I'm going to have to go back and say, this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and this is going to It was less work for me, a lot. Um, it wasn't. It was already a lot of work, but it was going to be slightly less work than what was already going to be planned for me. So it will make sense, I promise. Let's get into 2013. 81 matches, like I said, a drop in the lake. Um, a drop in the ocean is the better expression for what N uh, WWE would expect from Pat going forward. But just for now, in his first year, 81 matches, a cinch. Uh, we will start, as any good year starts, we'll start in January. Uh, there was two TV appearances for Neville. In January, of course, his debut against Sakamoto. Um, Sakamoto now is a, a pretty prominent fixture in Dragon Gate as Kazma Sakamoto. I think he's literally, as of time of recording, he's literally, oh, sorry, he's recently challenged for the Open the Dream, Open the Brave Gate Championship against Eta, I think, as a champion at the moment. But yeah, he, he was not quite used in the same sort of way in nxt or in wwe he was 10 size um we little bitch boy for a while and then he went into nxt and was mostly used as enhancement um but the the match itself was a very standard this is our new toy kind of deal like look he's shiny he's definitely not wrestled anywhere else before he's wrestled in japan but he's never wrestled for another company before um so yeah wwe things uh he had he had such painfully generic theme music it's one of the matches i went back and watched and i can't remember it but i remember the fact that i can't remember it is something i can still remember pack's main uh both of pack's main wwe themes the like uber techno one and like the heel one he had where it's like a bit more rocky and a bit more uh um, angry um but yeah this 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 had none of that this was a very very standard Ta-da! sort of thing so that took place on the 16th of january episode of nxt um, a week later, he was in action again, this time teaming up with British Ambition. For the first time, Joel Redman uh, defeating 3MB in what was the first round of the... Well, first round of the tournament to crown the first... At, mm, first ever? Yeah, it was. Yeah, first ever WWE NXT Tag Team Champions. More on that as we go along, because it's our tournament. So, and they, were, they won the first round, I th thought, after I spoke. Shut up. Uh, live show scene, matches here, there, and everywhere with a lot of people who had become quite prominent in NXT and in WWE. Uh, he had matches against Judas Devlin, who now wrestles in AEW as Luchasaurus. A fun fact I found out about a year ago, uh, Judas Devlin was meant to be a part of... Oh, shit, I forgot my own fun fact. Um, he, oh, he was meant to be S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, he had like a, I'm pretty sure he also had like a weird stint in um, The Ascension when it was like Rick Connor's, um, or sorry, Rick Victor's little thing. Um, but yeah, I'm certain that uh, Judas Devlin was meant to go in the Shield at some point where he's um, earmarked uh, instead of Moxley or Ambrose. Uh, you got, well, uh, Neville was facing Sawyer Fulton, who was briefly insanity before he got taken out because of uh, a shoulder injury. He sustained when the group was just starting to form out. He is now in Impact as Madman Fulton. He's often seen as the dreadlocked Thunderfuck. Uh, what's the word? Following. There we go. 
Ace Austin, who I think is the new uh, X Division champion. Never was up against Mike Dalton, who we all know now as Tyler Breeze, and Rick Victor, who would, as I just mentioned, would grow up to become Victor from the Ascension. And I can't remember what the new tag team is called now. They just won the tag team championships in some indie company in America, so that's not always nice. Um, elsewhere for January, there was like a um, undercard or like live show tournament for. Oh no, it was to get into the Royal Rumble, I think. Um, I think the spot ended up going to Bo Dallas. Neville defeated Corey Graves in round one, but then lost to Leo Kruger in the semi-finals. Leo Kruger uh, would grow up to become Adam Rose. It was a weird transition going from like a South African mercenary into um, a party boy and then something in between with a rabbit. Um, so yeah, that was January. That was the first full proper month, I guess, for Neville in WWE and NXT. So... It's a weird assortment of things. Moving into February then, and on the 6th of February episode of NXT, again with Oliver Gray, not Joel Redman, as I've realised I just said, um, as part of British Ambition, um, Neville defeated Cassius Ono and Leo Kruger in the Tag Team Tournament semi-finals. Um, again, all going to crown first ever NXT Tag Team Champions. Cassius Ono, uh, I think it's like, he left last year as part of the definitely not required redundancies we all know him as the wrestling genius chris Herrera, a former evolved champion pwg pwg champion he said dub um iwa mid-south champion dub x dub champion he's been champion in ring of honor shikara and ddt as well um he is part of an article i'm writing at the moment so look out for that maybe one day uh a week later Neville and Gray defeated the Wyatt family in the Tag Team Tournament Finals. British ambition. God bless the Queen and all that. We are. Well, they are. I, I count as a we. They're, they're, they're British and they won. If, they were, if they'd lost, they would be back to being some Geordie lads like Tim Henman. Even though he's not Geordie. I think he's, he might be Scottish. I think every good British tennis player is actually Scottish. But whatever. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Gray, Neville, new tag team champions, first ever tag team champions to TV audiences. This would have been their, well, sorry, this would have been Neville's fourth NXT match. Three of, two of them, three of them, two of them would have been, uh, as part of this tournament. So, yeah, a very, very quick way to establish, which I guess it kind of worked because we now know, pa fuck, we now know Neville as a just super good wrestler and someone who is earmarked for world championship contention. Um, and to try and get that like through to like fans and like the NXT ultras, I don't know what stage they were being that, that, that dedicated fan base that they're known for now. I don't know how far along they were, but to get Neville in there, pair him in with someone who just also happened to be British, isn't that a convenience? And then put him straight into a championship run. I think showed that they were having a lot of faith in Neville very early on. The car outside agrees with me, or a bike. They've been happening a lot recently. Uh, live show scene, it's mostly just feuding with the Wyatts because obviously Neville and Gray defeated Wyatts in the finals to become tag team champions. Uh, they had been throwing barbs at each other uh, in the run up. Obviously, the Wyatts were mega culty hills and just being bastards. Um, and yeah, and they were used to. Uh, propel a storyline component 
that comes a little bit later on. But it's around this time of the 14th. So, oh shit, like a day after um, Gray and Neville won a tag team championships. IRL, Gray suffered an ACL injury, which would rule him out for um, a whole a whole bunch of months. So he obviously wouldn't be able to defend his tag team championships, which he literally just won. I can't remember when the actual taping for the tag team title win happened. Um, but yeah, straight away, a bit of a snag in the tail of Neville. It like and it, also like I said, it gets attributed to an attack by the White family, but that doesn't happen until March. We will shall head to next for the sixth of March episode. It's a two-on-one handicap match where Adrian Neville defeats Judas Devlin and Scott Dawson. Da- um, Dawson, of course. Um, God, the revival in WWE. I'm just trying to think what the other one. Dash. There you go. Dash Wilder. Scott Dawson. Uh, Scott Dawson is now Dax Harwood. I think that's the right way around. Uh, I still not quite aware on the new names yet. And that was the show where Oliver Gray was attacked, quote unquote, by the Wyatt family. And that's what wrote him off of TV. And they didn't quite vacate the belts. Um, they are kind of happens next week. It does. Uh, we'll get there. Elsewhere uh, on TV. A loss to Luke Harper. Again, furthering that storyline of the Wyatts. Just really don't like Adrian Neville for some reason. They, the Wyatts go to attack Neville post-match. But he is saved, of all people, by Bo Dallas. So, Neville immediately got a friend for um, the foreseeable future. So, that's what's happening with Neville on TV. Lies, well, not in that middle. This is what I mean where it's going to get very complicated because... On the 21st, he recorded a bunch of TV dates, which I won't talk about too much, but mostly just he pulled triple duty for future TV shows that have pretty much stretched out for a month. So this is like when I was saying before how WD just ran them ragged and how it had been so difficult to try and talk about things as they happen instead of as they're produced. Um, Neville had a tag team match with Dallas versus the Wyatts, a triple threat tag team elimination match, and the United States Championship match against Cesaro all happening in one night. So trying to spread that out for as it happened would have been a would have been horrible. It would have been really horrible. So that's why I'm gonna go more into detail about it later. So I don't know why I wrote that note down to confuse myself, but it's there now. Into April then, and the first show in April on the third, Adrian Neville teams up with Bodas to defeat the Wyatt family of Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. Eric Rowan. Eric Row one. R's and W's. Why are they a thing? So, this is the show where it's revealed that Bo Dallas is Neville's new tag team partner. Since Oliver Gray is obviously like completely knackered his knee. It's What's really weird though is this isn't seen as um, a tag team title run for Bo Dallas. And then a second tag team title run with Neville. This is all still seen as Oliver Gray's championship run. So he had a title run whilst very injured and not being able to really do anything. So I think that's a little bit weird, but what do I know? Um, two weeks later, though, three weeks later. Come on, Stephen, you know your maths. Uh, Cesaro, who's kicking about saying, I'm fucking better than you, NXT losers. Uh, Neville steps up to say, "You can, can you not? You, just, you don't go here. 
Um, and so they had a United States Championship match. Obviously, Neville would lose, but it was a good showing. Gates Cesaro, Neville Cesaro, you're always going to know that's going to be a really fun match. And yeah, it just felt like a weird champion showcase kind of card. I didn't look too much into it, but on this on this card as well, you had Caitlin versus AJ Lee for the Divas Championship. Biggie Langston versus Brad Maddox for the NXT Championship and Wade Barrett versus Bo Dallas for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, yeah, just I thought a bit weird. I don't remember there much being much about TV or being much on TV at this point. Um, this was when I was like getting back into wrestling, so I, I don't really remember them saying like, "Oh, if you checked out NXT this past week, you'll see all these title opportunities." And like, all right, cool. That would have been really fun to know about. Uh, but yeah, fucking WWE don't know what they're doing most of the time. Uh, on the live scene, you had WrestleMania access because it's April. It's WrestleMania, kind of like right now. Uh, how exciting! As part of the WrestleMania access tour, uh, Neville was defeated by Primo Cologne. He tagged with Sami Zayn to defeat Rowan and Harper, and then also got single wins over Corey Graves, Kurt Hawkins, and Eric Rowan as well. I just punched Mike. On the nineteenth of April, house show. Uh, the only other one of note for, you know, this time um, was a highlight match of kind of like the future of both WWE and AEW. So you had Adrian Neville tag team with Sami Zayn to defeat Garrett Dillon and Scott Dawson. Scott Dawson, we mentioned before, coming to Revival, Dax Harwood, yada, yada, yada. Sami Zayn is literally just well in the middle of a feud against Kevin Owens that's got Logan Paul involved. Adrian Neville, that's the reason why you're here, hopefully. And Garrett Dillon was Jody Christopherson. I don't know either. Uh, apparently, he, as I, as I wrote the notes, I don't know if he still is. Um, he reigns as the Wrestling Warzone Tag Team Champion with Rick Luxury. Despite not stepping into a wrestling ring since 2019. So, I don't know. Past me, probably thought this was really funny how there was like lots of like really big names and then Garrett Dillon, but current me, present me, who keeps slapping microphone, is like, why? Let's go into May then, and this is where uh, Neville really got his steps in as a performer. Um, yeah, NXT, NXT house shows, Raw house shows, and main event dark matches all wrapped up in a tight little uh, January, February, March, April, May, 31 day month. For TV, on the first, he was in a triple threat elimination tag team match. Not for the NXT Tag Team Champions, Championship. Uh, this was just to put, you know, put notions out there of um, potential competitors for Neville and not Dallas's Tag Team title reign or Tag Team Championships. Don't know why they had to do it like this, but whatever. But the match was Neville and Dallas versus Epico and Primo. Versus the eventual winners, Wyatt family members, Eric Rowan, R's and W's, and Luke Harper. Because Harper and Rowan, Harper and Rowan were victorious, the Wyatts get a tag team championship opportunity for next week. And in their first defense as a tag team, I think the first defense overall for the Grey Neville run, they would lose. I can't say I blame them because it, it went wrong pretty darn quick um and yeah so it is a 91 day championship reign but because of how tapings are shown and broadcasted wd recognizes it as an 83 day reign for neville and not bo dallas uh 
couple of weeks later, NXT Championship, uh, number one contendership battle royal. Uh, it is won by Mr. Bo Dallas. Why is it significant? Well, the last person he eliminated was Mr. Adrian Neville. Um, already sort of like cockeyed and giving sultry looks to the NXT main event scene. And he's only just bloody got here. He's only just got here and he's already like, ugh. Or whatever it is blokes do when they're trying to pull on a night out. And the live and dark scene, again, he was really busy, but there's no like major matches to show, like talk about. He does go undefeated through that span of lives and darks. I probably should have like actually put down a number of how many matches he went undefeated, but that would, of course, use fucking logic. But what I can tell you is he was in matches and victories against the likes of Heath Slater, Kurt Hawkins, and in tag team competition, Epico and Primo, uh, Michael McGillicutty, and the prime time players. So a busy, busy boy is our, um, is our, I was going to call him Pack again, is our dear Neville. Heading into June and TV tapings, he's pulling double duty for the 19th, uh, which is his only TV appearance for June. He teams up. Well, first of all, it's a singles competition against Bray Wyatt, and then uh, shenanigans occur. And later on in the night, he is teaming with Cassius Ono and Sami Zayn to go against the entire Wyatt family. Uh, afterwards, he's off telly for a bit. I can't see, or well, I couldn't see anything to say of an injury or anything like that. And I'm, he's still fairly prominent in the live scene. And his feud with Bray Wyatt sort of gets like ushered across to Corey Graves. And now Corey Graves is feuding with Bray Wyatt and the whole Wyatt family. And Corey Graves and Cash Ono win a number one contendership uh, tag team match for the tag team championships and it it's all very confusing because cagematch.net and wrestling data where I get a lot of the information for uh, my notes and for this whole uh, podcast structure and as, long, as well as that because it's like flummoxed me so much even like a bunch of personal blogs from back in the day they all have Corey Graves and Cassius Ono versus the Wyatt Family title match for the 5th of June on NXT. Or the 5th of June edition of NXT. But everywhere has the number one contendership match. Which was against Garrett Dillon and Scott Dawson. Airing on the 26th of June. And I can't make heads or tails of that. I don't know whether it was a... If I just have not realised the difference between a 5 and a 6. Or... I don't know. Like maybe it was something... That WWE did wrong and they like just produced them in the wrong order or what but I I cannot fathom what happened um they had a championship match and then had the number one contendership match I'm something must have got mixed up somewhere but every like I said every wrestling data cage match personal blog I keep looking at keeps having that so I don't know I I, I sometimes smell toast live scene really nothing much to um write home about apart from the fact that um never was again in a 12-man battle royal match for the number one contendership to the NXT Championship. It was co-won by Cesaro and Leo Kruger. Sure. Uh, elsewhere in the match, we had Adrian Neville, Alexander Rusev, Baron Corbin, Colin Cassidy, Danny Burch, Knuckles Madsen, Mojo Rawley, Rick Victor, Sami Zayn, and Sawyer Fulton. Um, a proper who's who of the wrestling scene in about five, six years. So that's really, really cool, I guess. Into July and on the 10th of July episode of NXT, 
Adrian Neville teams up with Corey Graves and William Regal to in a losing effort against the Wyatt family, obviously Bray, Luke, and Eric. Who needs Cash's owner when you have William Regal who's willing to just step in and say, yeah, right, lads, shall we do a bit of punching? Uh, the following week, Neville challenges for the NXT Tag Team Championship once again and is victorious. He is NXT's first ever two-time NXT champion. Uh, he's a two-time Tag Team Championship holder. I should say he was partner with us. He won the title belt with Corey Graves. This would be the only championship of um, Corey Graves' entire tenure with NXT and WWE. Of course, he uh, he had his career cut very short because of injuries. But yeah, a quick turnaround for Neville. He's he had one. He, well, he picked up the championships, the very first tag team championships. He his partner Dunn got himself injured. His replacement partner just wasn't up to the standard. Um, he got just fobbed off for a while and in a mutual a mutual disdain for Bray Wyatt and his Wyatt family, uh, Corey Graves and Adrian Neville managed to bound together and now they are your brand new NXT Tag Team Champions. At the end of the month, because of the power of friendship, Corey Graves has Adrian Neville in his corner as he defeats Scott Dawson, who has Sylvester Lafort in his. After the match, though, The Shield come out to confront Neville and Graves. Uh, there was a very prominent NXT feud between Seth Rollins and Corey Graves. Uh, at the time of this happening in the main roster, or on the main roster, Seth and Roman are your WWE Tag Team Champions and Dean is your US Champion. Uh, Dean chats shit at Neville. You've got Graves and Seth chatting shit at each other. Roman is just oily. Um, and in amongst all this, Adrian Neville challenges... Dean Ambrose for the United States Championship for next week in August. When we get there, just a quick um, highlight of the live scene. Adrian Neville teamed up with CJ Parker and Xavier Woods to defeat Cassius O'Neill, Leo Kruger, and Sami Zayn in a house show in Tampa. Um, I, I I remember Randy Sampier because I was a little bit confused because Sami Zayn, throughout his run in NXT, I thought was just a perennial good guy. Um, so having them on like a, a heelish side with Leo Kruger, like oh no, I can believe it was a heel. I think he played a heel most of his run in WWE NXT. Um, but yeah, I thought like Zayn had the opposite of X Pac heat during these days, where he just no matter what you did, he was always going to get cheered. But wow, into August then, and we do get that United States Championship match: uh, Neville versus Dean Ambrose on the seventh of August episode. Never wins by disqualification. You got the shield on the outside doing shield things. And from what I've seen online and on blogs and etc., this was really not a good match. Um, ironic, considering where both men are now and what they would accomplish. But yeah, everything I've read said this match was very, very dull and very, very boring and very underwhelming. So. That's a shame. Hopefully they can do something better um, in the outer dub. The next week, S.H.I.E.L.D. make their full NXT return um, as the trio take on Adrian Neville, Corey Graves, and Xavier Woods. Big up Xavier Woods for standing up to the S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, alongside his, his friendos, Corey Graves and Adrian Neville. I'm going to assume everyone's a friend because it just makes me happier. Two weeks later, in a weird main event, Adrian Neville defeats Conor O'Brien, um, one half of the Ascension. Uh, who has, obviously, Rick Victor in his corner. Um, and again, yeah, bit of a weird main event. Uh, Connor, is, well, Connor O'Brien, as I, as I should be calling him, 
and it's performing as part of the Ascension for the first time since April. And that's not even including the version that had Kenneth Cameron from the year before, or the version that had Epico and Shaw Guerrero in 2011 FCW. Um, yeah, it was just odd. And I don't know why, I couldn't see anything why, but yeah, the Ascension just... This version of it as well with Connor and Victor just doing, ooh, spooky bollocks, and then fucked off for four months. So they came back, and they lost to Adrian Neville, and then they attacked Neville and Graves after the match because they were bastard heels, and it set up a title match for the future, which we will get to. Uh, live scene, though, Neville and Graves. I keep wanting to call them Pac. I keep stuttering every time I go to call them Neville. Uh, Adrian Neville and Corey Graves defend their NXT Tag Team Championships against teams of Alexander Rusev and Scott Dawson and Leo Kruger and Rick Victor. Uh, weird mishmash of tag teams in NXT's early days. A bit like right now. hey In September, 4th September episode of NXT, Corey Graves with inserted Mr. Neville in this corner defeats Rick Victor, who has a certain Conor O'Brien in his corner. More displays of friendship. Um... Graves and Neville this time do successfully defend themselves against the Ascension. Um, the big goth bastards. Two weeks later, Neville and Graves are teaming up with CJ Parker and Xavier Woods to defeat the the collective of Leo Kruger, Tyler Breeze, and the Ascension, Conor O'Brien, and Rick Victor. There's a lot of feuds coming out of this. You've obviously got uh, Neville and Graves versus the Ascension. CJ Parker and Tyler Breeze are also at with each other. And Xavier Woods and Leo Kruger are having disagreements. So... You know, it's covering a lot of bases, which, you know, it's, it's a cheap way of continuing feuds, but ah, it fucking works, doesn't it? Especially when they're doing, like, this is before NXT had big events, so you were, like, slowly building up matches as if they were going on pay-per-view, but just, you know, the payoff was still um, an hour-long network show, so, yeah, you do what you can. Live scene, there's a lot of NXT Championship uh, matches. A lot of title wins and a lot of title losses, but the losses aren't canon yet because they haven't officially lost the NXT Tag Team Championships yet. Storytelling or time travel. One of the two. Your opening episode of NXT in October sees Neville and Corey Graves lose their NXT Tag Team Championships to the Ascension. Uh, this kick-started the, the big title run for the ascension where they were basically the best thing on nxt for a long time and then main roster happened and we all get a little bit sad thinking about it um neville and graves championship reign lasts for 84 days but because of um broadcasting their championship reign is recognized by the wwe as just 76 days they would have a rematch two weeks later coming up short once again and it was after this match when the ascension would once again beat Neville and Graves. Graves would turn on Neville and just be a big old whiny little bitch boy bitch. Um, and yeah, just a big old heel turn in the championship rematch, which led to a one-on-one match between them the following week, which Graves would win with round two coming in just a few short weeks' time. Live scene, not really much to go on. Um, there was another dark main event segment, this time with Neville picking up a win over Sami Zayn. Into November then, and Graves and Neville would have their their rematch. A two out of three falls match with Neville coming out two falls to one. This would cool the feud off for a while. They wouldn't really revisit it until the new year. Um, 
but I guess the whole two one win is meant to be a bit more um symbolic than anything else. But yeah, big old win against Corey Gray's. The following though, Neville is back sniffing at the uh fucking coattails or the glad rags or something appropriate of the NXT championship. He participates in a number one contendership beat the clock challenge match where obviously the rules are you beat someone in the time limit and then someone else has to try and beat that and whoever can win their match quicker gets a championship match. I've always thought they were really kind of dumb, but um, in Adrian Neville's match, he defeats Aiden English in four minutes, 45 seconds. Meanwhile, Sami Zayn defeats Leo Kruger also in four minutes, 45 conveniently time finishes only mean one thing and that is a one-on-one number one contendership match for next week on nxt which is still in november so we can talk about it adrian neville versus Sami Zayn nxt championship number one contender match a very highly praised match but then we already knew that from their time in dragon gate where um, a previous form of Sami Zayn, known as el generico or someone who Sami Zayn just really copied really well fought against some guy called Pac who's like kind of similar to Neville in some kind of ways and those matches were pretty good a lot so yeah Zayn, Neville, really great match Neville picking up the win and is your new number one contender for the NXT Championship ain't that lovely live scene, again nothing really much to phone home about apart from one match which caught my eye um, a tag team win Adrian Neville teaming up with Sami Zayn to defeat Bo Dallas, who is currently reigning as NXT champion, and Billy Gunn, whom just sort of stuck out a bit for me. But he was there. He was in NXT, and he was in the tag team match, and all I've seen tagging with Bro Dallas, losing to Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville. I thought it was interesting. Let's go into the merry month of Christmas then. It's in December. Um, on the 4th, of December episode of NXT. Neville got his NXT Championship match against Bo Dallas. He won the match, but he's not your NXT Champion. He won via count out. Uh, Dallas couldn't get back in the ring in time. Um, Neville could. This was all following a big crossbody to the outside. Um, I couldn't really see much about the match, but from what I did find, it looked like Bo Dallas, in quote marks, couldn't get back in the ring. He, he probably could, but he was being a slimy heel bastard champion because he's a slimy heel bastard man. Two weeks later, they would have um, a much more decisive rematch, this time in a lumberjack match that would stop, in theory, stop Bo Dallas from doing sneaky little shit like that. Uh, Bo Dallas would win proper this time, kind of, because you've got a damn dirty heel in Tyler Breeze, pulling Bo Dallas out the way of the Red Arrow at the worst possible time uh, because he's a dick i've put in my notes so bo dallas retains tyler Breeze has got you know shenanigans or an ulterior motive for making sure dallas wins and adrian neville does not all will be revealed hopefully in the next couple of weeks of nxt tv um but yeah neville not quite there yet but he is in that right scene where we want him to be in a championship um aura i guess Live scene for December, really nothing much to um, write home about. It's a quiet schedule. He's got, effectively, 
a lighter Christmas. Well, I was going to say he's got Christmas off, but he's not. He's just got a lighter schedule. Uh, a couple of matches that like stuck out, though. He teamed with Eber, which I thought would be a really cool uh, tag team, especially now in their current guises, to defeat Bo Dallas and Sasha Banks. Um, as well as that, Adrian Ever was in a losing effort to Alexander Rusev, who I believe was about to appear in the Rumble and then get called up to Maine. So that kind of makes sense for Rusev. It's from live shows that I've seen, which has been one. Uh, the heels don't go over that often because um, it's meant to be a big feel-good thing for the fans. If there's ever a title match and the heel is champion, they find shenanigans to win, so they keep their heat, but then they get beaten up afterwards. So Rusev wasn't a champion, never wasn't a champion. I'm not quite sure what the deal was, but my guess would be Rusev's about to go up. You gotta make him look strong. And, you know, that's where we end up. But where we end up is the end of December and the end of 2013. Uh, Pac's first full year in the dub in WWE NXT. Like I said at the top, 81 matches overall with a 70.4% win rate, uh, winning 57, losing 24. A career best so far um, is 70.4%. And he's already established himself as a key figure and a key proponent for NXT and a uh, standardized figure in the whimsical world of NXT TV. He is a two-time tag team champion alongside uh, Oliver Gray and Corey Graves, but not Bo Dallas because that doesn't make sense. And he's already been in several prominent feuds against the Wyatt family, Corey Graves. He ends the year in a NXT Championship feud with Bo Dallas. Probably a bit of Tyler Breeze is going to be in there somewhere as well in the new year. He's also had matches against the likes of Dean Ambrose, Cesaro, Sami Zayn. He's busy. He's really proper busy, isn't he? He's making friends. He's making enemies. He's just doing Adrian Neville things. So let's hope that continues on into 2014. 2014 then sees Adrian Neville back as a workhorse competitor. 113 matches for Neville this year. Um, obviously not a career best just yet. But, you know, he's, he's, he's doing all right. Better than the 81, I guess. Um, he's becoming a integral part of NXT 2.0 this year. You know, NXT are getting NXT-exclusive pay-per-views or network specials now. There's a lot more opus on there. You get a lot more exposure on the main roster. So instead of them, instead of main roster invading NXT, there's a lot of the other Wayne this time. So, yeah, Neville becomes a very big, like a very big marquee for the brand. And as we did last year, we will continue to go through his NXT days via TV timeline, not actual timeline, because as I've mentioned previously, a lot of times it gets hella confusing. So as with any good year, we'll start in the January on the 15th of January episode of NXT TV. Uh, Adrian Neville defeats Tyler Breeze, who, of course, at the end of the year was a big bad bastard and cost Neville his NXT championship match. Uh, this was the start of building Neville. Although he's had like big singles matches already, this was the start of like him being a big singles guy as a character, not just his in-ring stuff. Uh, this was a big uh, scout for Adrian Neville as well. Tyler Breeze was an early quote-unquote guy of NXT. Like he, in that heel run where he was like his Tron was him on the phone or him in selfie mode. Um. Bangers against the likes of Zayn, Neville, which um, like the best would be to become. Even like Tyson Kidd as well. He got trusted to work with Jushin Thunder Liger. You know, 
Breeze's first run in NXT was just tippity toppers. Um, it's sad what happened, but he, he got a tag team title run eventually. But whatever. Uh, the following week on NXT, Adrian Neville defeats Wesley Blake. Um, and later on in the show, Bo Dallas comes out and cuts a promo saying that I am a... Uh, no, no, not Adrian Neville. I am Bo Dallas and I'm really bloody great. Uh, Neville then comes out and says, Do you mind shutting up? It would be really nice if you stopped talking and we could all enjoy the silence of you not breathing loudly with voices. Dallas then replied that Adrian Neville had already got his title shot and he only got it because he defeated uh, nobody in less than five minutes. Somewhere backstage, Adrian English had a little bit of a cry. Um, Triple H then appears on the Tron, almighty god emperor of NXT, Triple H. He appears on the Tron and says Adrian Neville definitely deserves a title rematch because his last match between the two ended without a real finish. Breeze. Um, he'll get his championship match if he can hold out for 4 minutes 45 seconds with Bo Dallas. If he can, he gets his title match at an NXT Live special event on February 27th. Big things happening for NXT. Um, in that non-title beat the clock challenge match, Adrian Neville does indeed defeat Bo Dallas in a match that goes 4 minutes 45 seconds. Um, a lot of symbology with 4.45. I don't get it, but whatever. Live scene, he's trading victories with Bo Dallas to set up the, the ethos between them. Into February, and Adrian Neville and Corey Graves effectively finish their feud. Um, or like their one-on-one -on -one series between them. Neville picks up the win, ending it at 2-1 towards Neville. Uh, gold clap from everyone for Corey Graves. He gave it his all. He got a win, but, you know, this is Neville, you know. Um, after the match, Bodas comes out to confront Neville, but before anything exciting could happen, Grand Lord, Overlord, Saviour Man, Triple H, comes out to address the pair of them. Announces the first ever NXT ladder match for the first ever NXT uh, network special event, NXT arrival, the 27th of February, the, the pre-takeover days, but a big, a definite big deal. It's like the wrestling classic to WrestleMania. It's, it's big things, bro. A couple of weeks later, Adrian Neville defeats Tyler Breeze in a one-on-one -on -one match on NXT TV. Afterwards, Neville tries to say something about NXT, our arrival, um, but is immediately interrupted by that boy, Bo Dallas. And they have like a weird back and forth between them. Bo Dallas says, you're a good boy. Neville says, you're a scaredy cat. That's Scouse. I'm fucking lost. Um, Nev then challenges Bo to hit him and Bo pretends to and then leaves because mind games or such, some such shenanigans. On the following week, they don't have a Saturday or Sunday slot yet. Um, it takes up a standard episode of NXT, but... On the 27th of February, NXT Arrival. It's a landmark event for NXT. It's the first ever NXT exclusive event. It's the first ever event streamed on the WWE Network. It also had two call in a tag team match against the Ascension, Connor and Victor, which might be amongst one of the last uh, WWE appearances of Grandmaster Sexay before his passing. So... Big fight feel throughout the entire night. And of course, it is headlined by that ladder match for the NXT Championship. Adrian Neville defeating Bo Dallas to become champion. Uh, his first one with the belt, OBS. Um, and I think this was like the start of Bo's transition to the main roster as well. Because that's like a pretty done thing. 
in NXT to WWE, or at least it was for the a, a many, many years. I think who was champion before Balor? Yeah, it was Keith Lee. So yeah, literally up until um, the current champion where you know, after Cross, oh, yeah, I think Cross and um, Cross, Cole and Gargano and I guess Champa. So it's not a foregone conclusion, but you, you, you know, you, you know. You know. Uh, live scene. Neville's mostly just beating up Bo. Because why not? And then we move into March. On the 6th of March. Uh, Adrian Neville defeats the Camocho. Why not? Uh, like went less than three minutes. Post-match interview. Neville bigs himself up. For not looking or sounding like a traditional champion. Because he does look a bit weird. And he sounds a bit funny. Because he's from Newcastle. Um, and not Liverpool. As I apparently keep trying to do. And then Bo comes out to tease... About his rematch. Uh, before we go any further. Camacho. Tangaloa. Yeah. Tangaloa. In New Japan Pro Wrestling. I thought that was really really odd. And just completely out of the blue. But yeah. There you go. 13th of March episode of NXT. No Neville match. But before Bo Dallas versus Colin Cassidy. Bo confronts Nev during an interview. And slaps him. Committing to their rematch. That's going to take place in two weeks time on NXT. Which forwards into... Yeah, it's still this month. I'm a fucking idiot. I can't count. On that there, 27th of March episode of NXT. In an NXT Championship rematch. There we go. Adrian Neville once again defeats Bo Dallas. Retaining his NXT Championship. Um, it's a, a classic technician versus a big high flyer kind of match. Um, it's, you know, pretty fun. And yeah, never won with an imploding 450 instead of his usual red arrow sort of thing. And live scene, I've just put pretty easy march actually without proving, like writing down any reasons to why. So I'm just going to assume light schedule, got to put his feet up and just do whatever it is Geordies do in Florida. Sure. Into April and we're back on that WrestleMania Access Tour. Um... Neville defends his NXT Championship against Aiden English. He also gets a non-title victory against CJ Parker. There is an NXT Championship triple threat match with Adrian Neville defeating both CJ Parker and Tyler Breeze. Before we move on to TV, and on the 3rd of April, Brodus Clay, of all people, uh, following a victory over Xavier Woods, Brodus Clay calls out Neville, who accepts a future championship match between them. Uh, Broder Clay, he, God, what did he do? He's, he's one I didn't write down because I'm pretty sure he turned out to be a bit of a dick. Um, he was a funk, I can't remember, I think this was after he was, uh, Funkers on a Roll Man. This is meant to be a bit of a career revival, it did not work, he went to TNA, oh sorry, Impact by this point, and he wasn't very interesting there, and then I think everyone found out he wasn't a very nice man, so that's Broder Clay's career in a nutshell. The following week, on the 10th of April showing of NXT. Brodus then comes out again. Lamenting how he'd never been. A male event caliber superstar. You're not wrong. Neville then comes out and says that Brodus Clay complains a lot. Clay responds by saying Neville barks loudly for a small dog. Neville then says he expected Clay to be taller. On paper this is really really shit. And it's even shitter saying it out loud. This is from a German translation. Uh, I must have got it from Cage Match. But... Yeah, 
it just sounds really, really naff. And the fact that I've got to say Nev and Clay and Neville and Brodus and... God, NXT names were really, really shit at this time, weren't they? And just WWE names in general. Brodus, Clay and Adrian Neville. Fuck off. A week later, in a non-title match for reasons, uh, Adrian Neville defeats Brodus Clay via countout. In the post-match, Clay and Nev continue just to beat the shit out of each other um, and post up for a rematch in two weeks' time. Not quite sure why the tie wasn't on the line for this, especially if it finishes by countout, but... Uh, live scene, I've said nothing exciting happens, so I'm just going to take my own word for it. Into May, and the the 1st of May episode of NXT has Adrian Neville defending his NXT Championship in a no-disqualification match against Brodus Clay in a match that goes 5 minutes 30 seconds. So, yeah, a bit of a damp squid again, this one. Obviously, never retains, he's still our NXT Champion. Um, a short and mildly unfulfilling match overall. It's more of a stopgap rivalry. Because um, in amongst... Well, as this is happening, as Neville vs. Clay is happening... Meanwhile... Tyson Kidd is establishing himself as a as the proper next challenger for Neville. And just a general main event caliber uh, superstar for the NXT scene. Over the past few weeks, and including this show, he's picked up a lot of big scalps, including defeating Bo Dallas earlier on that night. A week later, and NXT, Neville's got the night off, but there is a number one contendership battle royal for Neville's championship, and there is a three-way joint elimination to finish off the match, because trying to get two people to do it isn't hard enough. Why not three? Uh, Sami Zayn, Tyler Breeze, and Tyson Kidd all go over the top rope, and hit the floor simultaneously, leading to a triple threat match for the following week, which Tyson Kidd wins, defeating Sami Zayn and Tyler Breeze, and it is for a match at NXT TakeOver, um, the first big one, like I said before, if the, if our rival was Wrestling Classic, this is NXT's WrestleMania. Before we get that though, on the 22nd of May episode of NXT, it's NXT number 100! Woo! Confetti! Cannons! Those weird, uh, plastic... blowy things that go... <laughs> you know, excitement! Uh, Adrian Neville celebrates by defeating Kurt Hawkins in 2 minutes and 23 seconds in a non-title match. Sure. And afterwards, he's confronted by Tyson Kidd, and they just hype up TakeOver, which again, doesn't have its own, um, weekend slot. It is just taking over an episode. Ah, takeover, you get it. An episode of NXT uh, the following week on the 29th of May. It's another major NXT show, OBS. Uh, the Ascension continued their domination of the tag team division against El Local and Kalisto. El Local, um, previously known as Ricardo Rodriguez, the little butler man for Alberto Del Rio. And we don't like to talk about him anymore. I think Ricardo, I don't think he's on El Local. I think he has a different name, but I'm pretty sure he's in, I think it's Triple A R. he's in now. He's doing well for himself either way. He popped up on Twitter the other day talking to CM Punk, I want to say. Or someone of that ilk, I don't know. But yeah, he seems to be doing well for himself either way. Elsewhere on the takeover card, you had Tyler Breeze establish himself as the next number one contender. Considering him and Sami Zayn were both unsuccessful. In the triple threat match, they had one a one-on-one -on -one match. 
And yeah, Tyler Breed goes over. He's the next number one contender. There is the start of a very organic support for Sami Zayn. This is like the the foundations of the underdogs from the underground style support that Sami Zayn would get through his run in NXT and then his early days as part of the main roster. So that's exciting. And in this show, you also get a brand new NXT Women's Champion. I think this is from where Paige... Yeah, this would... Yeah, timeline matches up. This is where Paige had to relinquish the belt because she debuted on Raw the night after WrestleMania, beat AJ Lee for the Divas Championship. The then general manager JBL said, well, you can't have both, which doesn't make sense. And so, yeah, she relinquished the NXT Women's Championship. There was a tournament. The tournament finals was Charlotte versus Natalia. Even though in NXT, well, because this is still WWE, they spent more time advertising it as Ric Flair, who was in Charlotte's corner, versus Bret Hart, who was in Natalia's corner. Because remember, Bret Hart and Natalia are related. They're not quite father and daughter, but they are related. And then, of course, the show was headlined by that NXT Championship uh, match between Adrian Neville and Tyson Kidd. The match went nearly 21 minutes. It was a big old boy for NXT. Really, like, they're really trying to emphasize that this is not just a supplement to Raw and SmackDown, but this is, they're trying to make it become an alternative to the main roster, which is what it pretty much becomes a little bit later on. After the match, though, Neville tries to shake Tyson Kidd's hand because, you know, they've just gone 20 minutes for the NXT Championship, and Kidd refuses because he's a bitch. Uh, there's plenty of, like, storyline reasons why, and we'll go into them, but for now, he's a bitch. Uh, live scene, there's a UK tour that coincides with uh, the fallout of WrestleMania and just, I think post-Mania, WWE likes to go to the UK. Um, anyways, as part of that, Neville got to defeat Bo Dallas in Newcastle. He got to go home. How lovely for him. Um, and elsewhere, in a dark match to the London edition of SmackDown, uh, Adrian Neville defeated Sami Zayn. Let's go into June now. And to open things off, on the 5th of June, uh, Adrian Neville defeated Justin Gabriel. Post-match though, after he's just like, oh, I'm sweaty, I've just beat up a man, girl. Uh, Tyson Kidd comes out and says I, he, he apologises for not shaking uh, Neville's hand following their match. Um, you know, the emotions get the better of him. He's disappointed that he lost. Could he very kindly have another opportunity? Never agrees because Adrian Neville is just a top quality guy and afterwards they shake hands Um Tyson Kidd, not quite teasing a heel turn, but just like a very conflicted individual. So, you know, steady character progression is occurring. The match takes place the following week on the 12th. And once again, Adrian Neville defeats Tyson Kidd, this time with Natalia in his corner. Kidd tries to use a chair throughout the match, or at one point in the match. Natalia pulls the chair away from him, and I can't think... Well, I can't make out what she says. Um, I think it's she's saying, be a man. It's either that or don't do that or, you know, of that ilk. But I'm pretty sure she's saying, be a man, which is, you know, what every man wants to hear from their wife. And once again, Adrian Neville successfully defends his NXT Championship. 
uh, turning into a bit of a, a dominant, a dominante champion. That's uh, probably not how you say dominante in Spanish. But I'm keeping that in. Uh, before we get to the live scene, though, Neville does have one more match in June on the 26th episode of NXT. He defeats Rob Van Dam. I don't know why Rob Van Dam was there. I couldn't see anything. Well, I didn't think to look further into it. But yeah, RVD just popped up in NXT for a night and decided to take on the NXT champion. I might actually look for that. That sounds like a pretty fun match, but whatever. No, soon to be Hall of Famer, Rob Van Dam as well. Uh, live scene, just defending his NXT championship uh, twice against Tyler Breeze and twice against Sami Zayn. There's no one fit enough to try and defeat Adrian Neville. I want to call him back again. Let's head into July then. And on TV, on the 3rd of July, he had no match, but he was interviewed. Um, says it was an honour to wrestle RVD, which, yeah, I guess. Um, but he was interrupted by... Tyler Breeze, who goes on about how pretty he is. And to be fair, he's pretty pretty. Uh, Neville challenged him to a match, but then Breeze says he hurt his hand in a hand modeling competition, so maybe another time. Which is just... It's a really good... <laughs> it's... It, it, okay. It's not good as a legitimate excuse, but it's really good in the fact of he is... His whole thing was like uh, being a model and a heel. So a shit-stirring heel like that. Like, oh, I just... I can't because I... I'm hand modeling. It's so fucking dumb, but I think it worked so well. So I really like that line. But later on in that night, Neville saves Sami Zayn from an attack from Tyson Kidd, um, following Zayn defeating Justin Gabriel, who had Tyson Kidd in his corner. So this is like a spider web sort of things happening at the moment. The following week, Sami Zayn gets Adrian Neville as a tag team partner, uh, following that attack the previous week against Tyson Kidd and Justin Gabriel. Bearing in mind, you still have Natalia in the corner. And it's just more progression of Kidd's actual heel turn where it's going more less... He's a conflicted soul. He just wants to do better, but he's just missing something to... Wah! There was a point in the match where Natalia got knocked down at ringside. Bearing in mind, she's an active wrestler who can take a bump. I've never understood why this happens ever, but whatever. And a choice between helping Natalia, who'd been knocked down, or going for the victory... Tyson Kidd goes for the victory and pins I want to say Neville I probably should have written that down it would have been really good if I wrote that down but considering his name's written down oh, I, I have no idea basically Tyson Kidd beat unofficially or he's got a win he's on a winning side against a losing side that has the NXT championship, the NXT champion in. So, whatever. That whole line got butchered, but I'm just not going to do it again because I would hurt myself. Two weeks later, Adrian Neville is in a match with our boy Rusev. Um, of course, now AEW's Miro. Um, I thought Rusev was in main roster by now. What a fucking idiot do I look like. Um, he defeats Rusev via disqualification after uh, Tyler Breeze interferes and just starts beating him up and then he's like whoa Rusev why don't you beat him up and he's like what a great idea and so after the match Rusev locks in the accolade uh Neville looking a bit sorry for himself as a bunch of heels are like yeah and Sami Zayn doesn't help him. I just realized like Neville spent all his time helping out Sami Zayn with all his troubles doesn't fucking do it back though does he or he's knew that Sami Zayn was a heel the following week Adrian Neville doesn't have a match again but he does come out to confront Tyler Breeze 
Uh, Breeze just defeated Angelo Dawkins. He's now a street prophet and doing a lot better for himself than he was at this point. Um, God help him when they split up because he's doomed. Uh, Breeze defeated Dawkins in 1 minute 9 seconds. There you go. Um, and yeah, Breeze just like shows off his attack on Neville saying like, Oh, aren't I great? Look at my beautiful hands. Neville comes out asking if he wants to throw the fuck down. Uh, uh, this is where it all gets a bit weird. So Breeze then says the director of Hobbit called and said that Neville was needed back on set. Neville then says he got his photo from Breeze's mother and that he's not the only one sending selfies around. He's getting pity pics from Breeze's mum. And Breeze obviously doesn't like that and then tries to attack Neville but just gets booted out of the ring. Um, yeah. I feel like it's like one of the most like WWE promos I've I can recall from doing this sort of research, but you we forget who the daddy is and all this. In the live scene then, there is a tour of Japan that Neville gets invited to, as well as Sami Zayn. Uh, obviously, they repeat the match and Neville is successful every time. Um, Neville and Pat, nope, Neville and Zayn, of course, don't have any prolonged history in Japan. Previous inspirations of their characters uh, and of their in-ring talents uh, formerly known as Pac and El Generico, did have stints in Japan. Um, and the entire like first half, or like, the last three episodes of this podcast have been about Pac's turn in Dragon Gate in Japan. But, you know, because it's WWE, Adrian Neville's never been to Japan, except when he's got experience in Japan. But he's never wrestled for a company in Japan. Sami Zayn has never been to Japan. He's Canadian, but is somehow... Still very international. He's uh, Sudanese? No, Syrian. Uh, Syrian. Uh, he speaks like 406 different languages. He's never been to Japan, especially not whilst wearing a mask. Um, I hate WWE storytelling so effing much. Uh, as well as that, they're in a dark match, or Neville's in a dark match with a win over Tyler Breeze. Getting to August then, and we finally have the NXT Championship match between Adrian Neville and Tyler Breeze. It finishes via disqualification. Still a win for Adrian Neville, but that's beside the point. Um, Tyson Kidd comes out during the match and starts beating up Neville because he's still angry that he can't beat Neville for the NXT Championship. Uh, Post-match, Sami Zayn comes to Neville's aid and, you know, you got the segment of the two heels and two faces. Is it going to be a tag team match? Holla, holla, player. Uh, no. Two weeks later, brand new... NXT General Manager William Regal. I did not realise he's been in this role for so long. But yeah. NXT General Manager William Regal announces that the main event of NXT TakeOver 2 will be a faithful four-way match between Adrian Neville, Tyler Breeze, Sami Zayn and Tyson Kidd. Uh, elsewhere in that time, we do get that holo holo tag team, holo holo match uh, with Breeze and Kidd picking up a win over Neville and Zayn. Zayn accidentally knocks Neville's block off with a halluva kick and... Kid takes advantage, knocks Zayn out the ring, goes across and covers him. He has got a t an actual cannibal pinfall victory over the NXT champion. And then after the match, everyone's just sort of being up each other. Zayn is the last one standing and raises the NXT championship above his head. The underdog from the underground. It's a nice little like moment. Everyone's going a bit mad. Oh boy. Um, he doesn't win, but we'll get to that later. Live scene, nothing really new to take note of. Um, just a lot of early run-throughs of the NXT TakeOver main event. Um, various 
fatal four ways and singles matches between Zayn, Breeze, Kid, and Neville. So um, they're all trading wins as well. So and it's all non-title. We don't have to worry about Neville losing his championship before the big event. So it's what I've got to say to all that. It is a hella busy September for Neville then. 18 matches in total for the month. Uh, we'll start with TV as ever. And on the 4th of September episode, the final NXT before NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way, all four men in the match have a promo. Focusing on the Neville side, because that's why we're all here. Nev says he's at a disadvantage because he doesn't have to be pinned in order to lose the championship. It is a risk, but he chose this match because he loves the risk. Uh, he defeated everyone individually, and now he must defeat everyone together. He is looking forward to the match. He then defeats CJ Parker in a three-minute match, um, just to... Just to Blow off steam, I guess. On the 8th of September, so not a Wednesday, uh, Neville makes his Raw debut in an NXT highlight match. And this was the very first time I, person speaking in podcast, this is the very first time I'd seen NXT. It was a a very throwaway tag team match between Neville and Zayn uh, going over Breeze and Tyson Kidd. Uh, again, nothing really to phone home about i was i think i was kind of aware of tyson kid i'd start watching wrestling back in from royal rumble 2013 when um it was like the rock and cm punk and i feel like tyson kid must have popped up at some point but then this match i fairly certain i had no idea who neville zane and breeze were i might have known about zane period from like online but breeze and neville absolutely not um it, it was a match that went sub five minutes, so they couldn't really do a lot. But I do remember there being like each of them had a chance to showcase this is my special in the way that a lot of matches do. And then Big Nev was the one getting the win. And yeah, that was the first time I'd seen NXT. I'm pretty certain it took me a while to actually start watching NXT because what's a highlight for fucking four minutes, 24 seconds? That is a highlight. Not a whole match, whatever. Later on in the week, then, we do get your your network or your TV special, uh, NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way. It doesn't have the quite the same feeling or that special feeling or that gravitas as our rival or even the first ever TakeOver, but it's still a big deal. It's still got a... It hasn't even got, like, a big card. It's got a very odd kind of card. Um, you've got Lucha Dragons defeating the Ascension for the NXT Tag Team Championships. I... Wait, did I watch this? I might have watched it back because I do remember that match. And I remember other things that happened. So I might have watched this live. I am confusion. Lucha Dragons defeated the Ascension for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Baron Corbin defeated CJ Parker in 30 seconds. Big sad. Uh, Enzo Amore defeated Sylvester Lafort in a hair versus hair match. That spawned... Well, that was part of... Three different storylines that like spread out from... Enzo against Lafort. You had Enzo Lafort for hair versus hair. It was his tag team partner who got shaved. So he had him becoming a maniacal bald man. Um, who then turned on Lafort and wasn't... They were both heels, but he turned on Lafort. So he went super heel and Lafort just stayed as heel. In the run-up to the match, Cassidy, oh, Big Cass and Enzo went into a barber's and cost Carmella her job. So now Carmella was in NXT saying, I want a job, I'll be a wrestler. Which is not how that works. So, yeah, this this was... I, 
I had to write an article about this. This was weird. This was just a weird time for NXT storytelling. But whatever. Deo Itami made his debut. The former Kenta in Pro Wrestling Noah. He was confronted by the Ascension. And then Itami battered the piss out of them. Um, start of the downward trajectory for the Ascension, I'm afraid. And then in like a sub-main event, Charlotte Flair defended her NXT Women's Championship against Bayley. Leading up to, of course, our actual cannibal main event, the NXT Championship in a fatal four-way match. Adrian Neville, Sami Zayn, Tyler Breeze, and Tyson Kidd, of course. Adrian Neville wins, pinning Sami Zayn, which is important going forward, um, to secure his championship. One more TV spot before we head into October, and Adrian Neville tag teams with Sami Zayn again to defeat Titus O'Neil and Tyson Kidd. A lot of weird T names at the moment. You've got Tyler, Tyson, and Titus. Titus O'Neil, obviously main roster boy back in NXT again. This is a recurring thing. Just opened that episode of NXT chatting shit and saying, like, I'm Titus O'Neil. Look, let me go. I, I don't do the Titus Worldwide thing yet. And I haven't fallen under a ring yet. Or looked really perplexed at the Firefly Funhouse yet. So I'm still serious. I even I don't know where uh, the primetime players fit in all this. I think this might be in the middle because they broke up for a while. They were together, then they broke up for a while, then they came back. I think this is the middle part where they weren't together. So Titus O'Neil trying to be tough. And he's always very shiny. Uh, live scene, he is a very busy boy defending his NXT championship against the likes of Tyler Breeze and Tyson Kidd. He also appears on some SmackDown Dark matches um, against the Ascension. And he also appears in SmackDown Dark matches against the Ascension and against Sami Zayn and Tyler Breeze. Let's get into Spooky Month then for October. On the 2nd of October, he defends his NXT championship once again against Tyson Kidd. This is Kidd's last chance match that Natalia had to plead for on Tyson's kid behalf. Sami Zayn in a uh, in an interview throughout the night also said that Tyson Kid is starting to act quite desperate as well. So that 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 is like continuing the thing of Tyson Kid's gone from being a conflicted uh tweener babyface kind of guy to he must be the winner, otherwise he might die kind of heel. Um, after the match though, Titus O'Neil comes to the ring to jump Neville. Sami Zayn once again makes a save, and interesting enough. Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville have a bit of a stare down. Just, oh, you're a champion. And, oh, I've already beat you a bunch of times. Drama. The following week, Neville doesn't have a match, but he does watch Titus O'Neil defeat Sami Zayn. And once again, Neville comes out to save Zayn from a post-match beatdown. The following week, once again, Neville doesn't have a match, but he says he's getting really sick and tired. I don't know what that voice was. Of seeing these Raw and SmackDown superstars come into NXT to try and revive their career. NXT is for... It is like a chance for careers to blossom. But it's for new careers to blossom. Not these old bastard losers. Um, I added that last part. Um, you're welcome. On the 23rd of October episode of NXT. Adrian Neville finally shuts up Tyus O'Neil. Defeating him in 8 minutes. After which Zayn comes out and earmarks the NXT Championship. As his mission in NXT. Neville simply says. Name the time. And name the place. And it's all. Live scene is a. Bit more shiny than usual. 
Uh, he had a SmackDown Dark match, uh, multiple NXT Championship defenses. Uh, he's in against the likes of Tyler Breeze, Sami Zayn. He's even in a Fatal 4 match between Neville, Bo Dallas, Sami Zayn, and Sin Cara, obviously. And he got to wrestle in Malaysia. The match against Sami Zayn and the Fatal 4 with Dallas, Zayn, and Sin Cara, they both happened in Malaysia. Not quite sure what they were doing there, but you know, WWE is apparently very multicultural, very international, so yeah, why not? November then, and I suppose the Thanksgiving month. I don't, I'm English, I don't care. Uh, no match for the 6th of November episode of NXT, but. Oh, sorry. Meanwhile, Sami Zayn does become the number one contender for the NXT Championship, defeating Tyler Breeze. Afterwards, Neville is interviewed. He says he's not worried about Sami um, because he could never win the important matches. Big. Ouch, he's meant to be your friend, you big Geordie bastard. The match happens the following week as Adrian Neville proved his point, basically. He defeats Sami Zayn um, in less than 12 minutes. And he uses chicanery and cheating and being a dick without being a heel. Um, So Neville feigned a a knee injury. Um, I think it was after a... A die? Oh no! I think it was he went for a a four fifty or a red arrow or something. And when he landed, he started holding his knee. Got to the point where the referee was like throwing up that X sign that you see a lot in wrestling, where it's all gone terribly, terribly wrong. Uh, he used this as a way to lure Sami Zayn in, roll him up, and get the three count. I am curious. So, like at the time, you probably could have said this: like, is this a potential heel turn for Neville? You know, he's just done chicanery against someone who's meant to be his mate. And interview from last week as well, but he's just saying like, yeah, he just he's just a bit shit when it comes to being important. I'm more interested in the referee. How does the referee go from throwing the X up, this man is clearly dead, um, his leg is no longer attached to the rest of his body, to counting the three so quickly? Surely he would have been like, hang about, lad, or just taking a moment like but your knee it's cured but now he's like oh my god are you you okay this is why we always say don't try this and oh my god one two three i don't get it it's fucking wrestling just dumb the following week once again adrian neville does not have a match but he does have a promo off with Sami Zayn. So Sami Zayn comes out and cuts a promo saying that he knows he has what it takes to be a champion. But the footage from last week does say otherwise. And he like sort of confirms the comments of Adrian Neville. He even says he's always letting the big opportunities slip. He invites Neville out to the ring. And of course, out comes Big Nevy. Sami says if he can't win the big matches, then he has no business being here in NXT. Adrian Neville owes him nothing, especially not a rematch. But should their friendship mean anything, don't mention Dragon Gate, then he would give him another chance. If he can't defeat Neville, he'll leave NXT. Neville replies that he will always give Sammy a rematch. He would even give him one today, but inevitably that's up to William Regal, the current NXT GM. He is Sammy's friend and he admires and respects him. And that he's also proven that he is indeed one of the best professional wrestlers in the world. 
Sammy's saying Neville doesn't need to tell him all that as long as Neville has the title, he wants it. He reiterates, if he cannot defeat Adrian Neville, he had no business being in NXT. Rhaegar then comes out and enforces how good Sammy is, um, also saying that he has proven he is worthy for an NXT Championship rematch. He'll get it on the 11th of December episode of NXT, which is an NXT TakeOver match, our evolution. These TakeOver events come in thick and fast. Um, I don't think I've taken for granted how, much, how many we get in the present day, but whatever. Neville adds that he does not, he categorically does not want Sammy to risk his career. They were successful together and he doesn't want to be responsible for ending Sami Zayn's career. Zayn says Neville doesn't have to bear that burden of responsibility. He doesn't care whether it's in the contract or not. If he doesn't win the NXT Championship at NXT TakeOver, our evolution, he's done. He's out of there. He's Kaputski for NXT. Um, that is some high stakes there, Sammy boy. Drama in the world of NXT. Live scene before we go into December and get to uh, take over our evolution. Neville would be having a busy old month as the live circuit as part of the WWE European tour, which he got invited to, obviously being one of the European lads on the tour. He's like, hey, you're from England. We're doing shows in England. Do you know anyone who wants to come along with us to England? He's like, you fucking idiots. So yeah, Neville got to go to Europe and UK for... Uh, European tour for WWE. He defended his NXT Championship in a triple threat match, defeating Tyson Kidd and Sami Zayn at a WWE house show in Newcastle. He got to go home once more. So, that's lovely. Here we are then, into December, and it's a big old month for Nev Nev. Uh, on the 4th of December, he doesn't have a match again. But, during an interview, Neville says that him faking an injury in the NXT Championship match versus Sami Zayn a few weeks prior was not his proudest moment, but... He says it's evidence of his killer instinct, something that Sammy lacks. Neville continues to say that he would do anything to keep his title, whereas Sammy is just too nice, and that costs him overall. Sammy then heads to stage left, reiterates that his decision to leave NXT, if he doesn't win at R-Evolution, is down to him and him alone. But he also says that he's annoyed by what Neville said, the whole too nice thing. Sammy has lived his life, uh, a good life, and that Neville does not control his fate. Nev says he doesn't mean to upset or disrespect Sammy, reinforcing how uh, highly he thinks of him, and it'd be an honour to wrestle him again. He offers to shake Sammy's hand, but Sammy Zayn refuses and slaps Nev in the face, proclaiming whenever he's the good one, it always backfires on him, and that Neville will not end his career, Zayn will end Neville's championship reign. Ooh! That's a big promo. That's building heat between two big fan favorites in NXT. And it's pretty, pretty fucking cool. Uh, as a side note, on this date, I see clearly, uh, Neville becomes the longest reigning NXT champion in the brand's history, surpassing Bo Dallas's 280-day run. Fun facts. We then get to the NXT Live Network Special Takeover R Revolution Nope, our evolution, revolution, whatever you want to call it. And it is overall a much more exciting show than Fatal 4-Way. Uh, I've written down that this was my first NXT show. I must have gone back to watch Fatal 4-Way because there are a lot of things on that show I do remember. Other than that, I might have just like kept seeing highlights on Twitter at the time. I just sort of glued them together in my head. But 
when I wrote up my notes, I was pretty confident that this was my first ever NXT show. Um, it had the debut of Kevin Owens in NXT, formerly Kevin Steen, um, PWG, Ring of Honor, and AEW World Champion. He defeated CJ Parker. He does pop up more than once. Uh, NXT Championships, sorry, NXT Tag Team Championships were also on the line as Lucha Dragons successfully defended against the Evolved Villains. Baron Corbin defeated Ty Dillinger in a run of like network appearances where Baron Corbin would just defeat someone in about three minutes. Hideo Itami and his new BFF Finn Balor, formerly Prince Devitt, uh, defeated the Ascension. And the NXT Women's Championship was on the line as Charlotte successfully defended against Sasha Banks. And then we get to the unofficial championship versus career match. Championship definitely on the line. Career is more down to Sami Zayn. And Zayn threw everything at the war. Jordy Neville. Uh, Blue Thunderbomb. Koji Clutch. Exploder Suplex into the turnbuckle. Uh, Haluva Cook. He couldn't keep our big Nevy boy down. Neville turned up those heel tactics, um, enforcing that killer instinct that he has to maintain his NXT Championship against Sami Zayn. Uh, a stiff European uppercut, pulling the official in the way of the Haluva Kick attempt. Um, he was eventually nailed with the Haluva Kick, though, which ultimately led to his defeat. Sami Zayn is your brand new NXT Champion. Feel good moment all round. The crowd went. Akapot, as I've been watching or listening to a lot of Cultaholic podcasts recently. Uh, it ended Neville's championship run at 287 days, uh, both recognised and actually in occurrence. After the match, though, uh, the locker room comes out to congratulate Sami Zayn, who offers his hand to Neville. Neville, I think quite awkwardly, because why would you act like that? Which, whatever. Uh, he kicks Sami's hand away, opting and said, to hug, to give a big old bro hug, just to bro out with Sami Zayn um, before leaving with the NXT roster, letting Sami Zayn to enjoy this moment with his newly arrived best friend, Kevin Owens. How lovely. Let's let's forget Owens then tried to kill him. This is a beautiful moment. Friendship, camaraderie, broing, bro hugs. It's all there. Again, don't think about Kevin Owens trying to kill Sami Zayn. So, ignore that. We do go back to TV before the end of the year on the 18th of December episode of NXT. Uh, Neville wrestles to a double countout victory against the aforementioned Kevin Owens. Neville opened the show by coming out and saying that it should be Sami stood in the middle of this ring, not him. And Sami can't do that. Sami can't see the NXT Ultras and can't celebrate his NXT Championship win. Because of Kevin Owens. Because Kevin Owens is a bastard man. Kevin Owens then comes out and says he has no problem with Adrian Neville. Nor does he have a problem with what he did to Sammy last week. But should Neville have a problem with him. He has no problem picking a fight tonight. And as I said already. Kevin Owens and Adrian Neville battle to a double counter draw. After Owens sends Neville into the ring post. Which level them out. And they just continue fighting on the outside. Uh, Post-match. Owens continues the beatdown and nails Neville with an apron powerbomb, similar to what he did to Sami Zayn. And that's it for NXT TV for the Year of Our Lord 2014. A couple of like little quick live thingies to get out of the way. Uh, he's kept busy over Christmas, losing to losing multiple times to new NXT champion Sami Zayn. And he's also in a dark match for main event in a win over Tyler Breeze, which sees off his year. 
2014 then, 113 matches overall for the War Geordie at a win rate of 83.2%, which is still, right now, as I speak to you, a career best for the lad. Um, 94 victories, 18 losses, and one draw that last match, well, yeah, last TV match against uh, Kevin Owens at handed in double countout. Um... 2014 was when Neville established himself as the premier name and the main focal point for NXT 2.0. Away was the awkward uh, developmental stage. Away was the silly game show. This was, like I said earlier, trying to establish itself as an alternative rather than a supplement. Um, he spent most of his year as NXT champion at 287 days defending against the likes of Tyler Breeze, Rob Van Dam, uh, Tyson Kidd, Bo Dallas, Tyson O'Neill, even Sami Zayn before Sami ended up getting the win back and dethroning Neville. He'd be going into 2015 looking for redemption for his fallen mate Sami Zayn against Kevin Owens, who, as I've previously mentioned, is a bastard man. So, that's what we've got to look forward to next week, 2015-2016. It is his final few dealings with NXT before moving on to the main roster, where Everything's live again, so it's not going to be this weird back and forth between timelines. Trust me when I tell you, I was so excited to get back to the main roster. Um, but yeah, an NXT Championship run. Two NXT Tag Team Championship runs as well. Um, Pack is like the big focal point for the... Although I've said they are trying to establish as something more, they are still the development brand. They're still seen as the development brand now, even though it's much better than Raw SmackDown. Um, but Pack is... Pack is the man. No, Neville is the man. I got so close. Neville is still the man for NXT. I fucked this all right up, haven't I? 2015, 2016 to come next week. Until such time, do keep up with dealings. I'm going to try and talk about wrestling that I've watched from like Japan and such over on Twitter um, at LifeTurnBooking. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at those similar callings. Come say hi. Come tell me I'm shit. Just come and talk to me. The internet is a very bad place at the moment. So it'd be nice just just to have some interaction with someone who doesn't... It just isn't a cunt. Unless you want to say you don't like me. Which would put you into that category. But I guess it's better than nothing. So... I don't know. I don't know what you want from me. The podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. But I imagine because it's on those major three. It is available wherever you get your podcasts um and if you if you are on the other end if you don't want to call me a cunt if you want to say hey good job and such maybe recommend to someone they might want to learn all about a geordie man that wears pants and punches, punches people in the head you never know uh but yeah i'll see you next week it's pretty much done by now but have a good easter enjoy your bank holiday and fuck off <laughs>